0: all right mods we are back episode 99 of the ring shrinks what do you say you ready to go let's go all right Mots. episode 99 uh can't believe we're here wayne gretzky not bad right
1: yeah alex verdugo like jersey show you know so kindly reminded me when we were talking about episode 99 uh yep, but yeah here. Get the great one you know
0: it's it's good we're one shy of uh the century mark so this is pretty cool it is it's pretty cool and uh obviously it's been a fun ride and and you know we'll start off by thanking the fans and listeners and sponsors because obviously we wouldn't be this far if it wasn't for those guys so we'll start off kind of the way we usually end it by thanking those guys so Really appreciate uh, everybody that, that, you know, downloads and subscribes and comments and, you know, stays engaged, sends us these mailbag questions. We are in a mailbag episode. So uh, really, really good stuff, and we're appreciative of everything. I'm appreciative of you too, Mots. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's really nice. I mean, Thanksgiving was a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, it's,
1: <laughs> that's really nice here you to say. You know, right back at you, brother. You know, we, we don't exchange gifts, but we can, you know, be thankful for one another, which is sweet
0: absolutely uh before we get into the mailbag what's uh how's life what's going on how's the 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 hockey grind going uh good i mean as far
1: as uh our last our last recording um we're at a uh u12 girls game and the lights went out a couple times that was pretty uh interesting you know just real quick you know maybe they need to pay their bills but mm. um But, no, overall, the the girls Brooks team played a really, really good game. And it's – I've talked about this a bunch. But, like, when you can kind of just give them a concept or an idea to use the middle of the ice, and then they do it, and then they're walking out of the zone. I mean, it's a very simple concept that, um, you know, when trusted can – you know because everyone thinks that you're throwing it up the wall, right? So I'm just like, use the middle of the ice, use the middle of the ice have confidence with it. And the girls uh, put a beating on the uh, Spitfires. Nice, kid. Yeah. So it was good. No, it was, it was a good game. Yeah, it was, it was fun. And then uh, Ryan had a few games, and they're getting into the swing of things here, and uh, they went one-on-one one over the weekend, um, and they came up on the losing end last night. So, but Yeah, I was all, able all... to
0: take in a game with you, which was fun.
1: Yeah. No, it's been good. I mean, I love being uh, at the rank watching – high level, you know, high school hockey. So, you know, and then you get a, a vested rooting interest in number 15. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you just, I understand how the parents feel like in some certain situations where you want your kid to do so well, but you always have to keep it in perspective.
0: Absolutely. No, it was good. It was good catching a game with you. And same thing here. We've been uh busy bunch of games all the week uh, over the weekend with, uh, with the three boys and and you know a couple trips out to Cushing Tuesday night Thursday, uh Tuesday and Wednesday we had back to back games this week that's why we we're recording uh, here Thursday night so a couple games Brian got a little dinged up so hopefully he'll be uh, off the IR soon Speaking of uh, the lights going out but he uh, he skated it off and went right to the bench I'll give him I'll give him a lot of credit for that.
1: So he takes after mom for toughness.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, that one hundred percent, one hundred percent.
1: You know, going back to being a parent, it's it's very difficult to see a kid get you know dinged up or hurt in any capacity. So, it must have been a a, a tough kind of watch seeing him go off the ice, but hopefully, be rebounding and healing up and back on the ice soon.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's been dealing with the athletic trainers all day today, and and those guys do a good job, and and especially being at a boarding school, it's not easy, right? But uh, those those guys, I give them a lot of credit. They've uh, the staff up there's really like you know texting us, calling us, keeping us informed. So that was uh, it was good, and luckily we were there, and and you know he got a little uh, you know hit to the head, so uh, everything you know. For, if you didn't get it when I said the lights went out, but. He skated right off and then, you know, kind of lost his balance a little bit. But he, um, you know, he's doing doing better uh, every day. And the uh, the whole protocols and things like that have changed from, you know, I remember back in the day, uh, being. I remember being on a road trip. We must have been 13, 14 years old. And I was roommates with Ryan Whitney and he got a concussion. And I was in charge of waiting, waking him up every like two hours just to make sure that they're, uh, you know that he's breathing and all that type of stuff, and, and then now you know talking to the athletic trainer, they're like the protocols have changed where they, you know, they encourage you to just kind of go in and, you know, get put the phones away, stay off the computers, and just like shut it down, just rest, rest, rest. So it was, uh, I was, I was anticipating like that the old two-hour wake-up call, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I mean that's times have changed from diagnosis
1: to fight through it. You know, bell rung, seeing <laughs> stars. You know, you're all set. How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember a, a situation. I I was like, you know, talking to the trainer in high school. I was like, I I, I it felt like my brain hit my skull. That's what I said. You're like, no, 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 much. You don't have a you don't you don't have a brain. No, it's not that big to like even get there. <laughs> but like that's actually what happens. And I'm like, and he's just kind of like being like, no, you're all set. You're all set. I'm like, that's unbelievable. Rub some,
0: Look- some dirt on it. <laughs> yeah, looking back. Yeah. But
1: um, yeah, no, just the kind of awareness and you know, the real kind of like say side effects, symptoms that you know, the side effects more than anything, like long term. Right, um, right. You know, from you know what we uh, have dealt with. That that's why we can't read the uh ad reads very well. Yeah, that's right. Or, we or the mailbag. Call,
0: call the uh the, the crew in out of the out of the bullpen yeah, to we... read some of these questions we have coming up. And then Perfect. actually with me, I got a uh, I'm, I'll be out in uh the Deerfield um Academy area, kind of what would you call that? Western Mass? Yeah. Uh, for a little tournament this weekend. We got a few games that um the Eagle Brook school put put together. So Excuse me, with my uh, with my O-9 group. So looking forward to that. And I'm really looking forward to the uh, Friday afternoon traffic on the Mass Pike when I picked uh, calling up at school. Uh, yeah, that's be, going be, to be, be awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm psyched. I'm psyched <laughs> about that. But uh, other than that, what? Yeah, nothing, nothing too new. Uh, same old, same old stuff here. I think we, uh, you know, we should probably get into the mailbag here because there are a lot of questions. But before we do. Uh, let's talk about Pro Stock Hockey. Shop for the young hockey player in your family this holiday season with Pro Stock Hockey. Free name personalization, free tape, same-day shipping, and friendly customer service come with all kids' sticks and gloves. Pro Stock Hockey is the best way to give your kid the pro experience. All kids' sticks also come with a free 30-day warranty. Visit ProStockHockey.com today. And use the code BYMOTS for twenty percent off your kids' gear order. Place your order by Monday, December twelfth, and you will receive this order by Christmas. Right before Brian got dinged up yesterday, he actually snapped a stick in half. So yeah, it's it's it was a heck of a heck of a trip. <laughs> yeah, well, it is
1: that you know time of of year. If you can get your uh, holiday shopping done and in timely order, you feel a little bit better. So. Make yeah. sure you check out Pro Stock Hockey. Usually, at December twenty third, guy. Yeah, same here. But I mean, <laughs> a, a lot of people aren't like us. You know, they like to plan a little bit more ahead. So, but use that code BYMOTS for twenty percent off. It'll be great. Uh, a little present under the tree.
0: Yeah, Mots, you want to uh, get right into cross country mortgage before we uh, we get into the mail? Yeah. So I was talking with Devo.
1: Um, you know, we caught up at the rank, and I uh, caught
0: up with him too. It was great to see him.
1: Yeah, he's he's just like a, such a solid guy. And, uh, you know, he's talking about refinancing is done. So, you know, we're in a purchase market right now. Devo and his team at Cross Country Mortgage have uh, options and strategies to provide buyers with lower monthly payments. It's a great time to buy a home, especially if you're renting. So it's time for you to give Devo a call and chat about why home ownership makes sense. Again, it's a purchase market and a great time to buy. Give him a follow on Instagram at Chris Devon CCM for more information. Website chrisdevon.com is where you can schedule a time uh, for a call with him. Also, Cross Country Mortgage is LLC and MLS 47305.
0: Yeah, like you said, it was great to catch up with Devo at the the game last week. And uh, make sure you guys hit him up on. On the gram at Chris Devon CCM, just like the the hockey company CCM. So at Chris Devon Cross Country Mortgage CCM. Uh, thanks again to Devo for the support. Uh, all right, let's get into the mailbag here. Uh, my son plays 16U in New Jersey, your old neck of the woods, Mott. Yeah. And in a game near the end of the season, he took four penalties, one of them being a two and ten. As a result. He should have been ejected, but the scorekeeper only entered um, only entered the two and ten as one penalty, totaling totaling three. The scorekeeper reps and coaches didn't notice the oversight, and he finished the game. No ejection, no suspension. The error was brought to our attention. uh, the 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 error was not brought to our attention until the regular season was over. Three games later, the league forced the team to forfeit every game my son played in after that four-penalty game, bouncing us from a playoff spot. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ending their season. It is important to know that this was an away game and the scorekeepers were from the home team. This was an honest oversight. However, in the end, only my son's coach and manager were held responsible and the entire team was punished because of the honest mistakes made by adults. I'd like to hear your opinion on this. This league claims they followed the rules to the letter of the law. And said, the coach should have known better. Uh, I also feel I need to mention that my son is not a dirty player. And this was his first misconduct ever issued in 10 years of travel hockey. So if so, you can imagine how upset this made him. Sorry that for this long one. Love the pod. Keep up the great work. Joe from New Jersey. Mott, oh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's kind of, <clears throat> kind of tough because, yes, you know, the you know four
1: penalty rule is in effect as a coach but so two and a ten yeah that is considered too but it, it's totally understandable understandable that the school makes it you know two and ten and just you know that's it i don't know how it came about three games later though right like you know once that's sounds over like, sounds like you a rat.
0: there's a rat somewhere yes
1: yeah, so someone was like going through it and they're like oh the two and 10 weren't documented correctly. Maybe, maybe your son, Joe is a very good player. And it's a, it's a situation where there was a way to kind of penalize your team because of, you know, who, who knows? I, I mean, I'm just kind of kind of throwing stuff out there, but I just really don't think that that should be that much of an issue. And again, if, if it's like a trip or cross check this, and then that two and 10, I mean, you're at four, right? Right. Right. But, I mean, I I know how there's some ticky tacky calls at times, and then, but to be you know suspended and um, you know m- you know to have the team suspended for or forfeiting these games, and then no ejections, no suspensions, like just move on. You know, it was it was a clerical error by the scorekeeper. The coach should know better, maybe, but like this league is like pointing all the fingers at you know, the the coach versus, you know, maybe some of the people that needed to be held accountable for, and that's the scorekeeper who could be, like, 12 years old,
0: you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's – I think that's bogus, to be honest. Like, I I think that's something as a coach that I could very easily overlook, especially with the 2 and 10. Like, I didn't even know that counted as two different penalties. Right. I thought that was just one penalty. So, myself, personally, as a coach, unless it was explained to me you know, from the referee or, or, you know, somebody else, I, I would have made the same mistake. So I think it's, uh, it's kind of BS and, and, you know, shame on the league a little bit too. Cause there's a certain thing like in life. And I mean, honestly in my profession, like you, you, there's a little thing. Yeah. The rules are the rules and the laws are the laws, but like, sometimes you, you, you got to use a little discretion, right. And mm-hmm. like, look at, you know, the, the big picture here and you're punishing a team full of kids um, for like you know like joe just said uh, like a like an oversight, uh,
2: it is an oversight.
0: A, it's an oversight it's a, it's not you know i don't think the coaches on on either team or the scorekeeper like really you know understood the role. and and so i think that's you know i, it's I think brutal. yeah it's brutal you have every right to be a little bit a yeah, uh, little bit pissed off for it I, I and and i would be too
1: yeah i just don't like how the league takes the you know the letter of the law stands you know and the yeah. coach should have known but that's just not like
0: use some discretion maybe sit them out for the first game of the playoffs or something like right. that right like but like you're going to punish the entire team because of it that's 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 bs if you ask me
1: yeah you know that 2 and 10 is an interesting thing because i didn't really i mean it makes sense i didn't sense. Realize it either yeah it, it makes does sense, make sense but the kids in the box for 12 minutes you think is one penalty
0: that's how I always, that's how I always viewed it.
1: But it's probably, you know, it's two infractions, so it would be two penalties. Right. um if
0: it's based off the one penalty.
1: Well, sometimes, or it could be just, you know, lipping off, you know, so that uh, could be yeah, like an yeah, add-on. So who, it depends on what it is.
0: But let's just say it was a, a, a hit from behind, right? Which is yeah. like, you know, 90% of these penalties or something like that, just a, a, some type of, infraction where it was okay it was a dangerous hit two and ten like I always viewed that as just it was you know yeah the kids in the box for 12 minutes but I didn't view it as two different penalties I viewed Um, it as one yeah well Joe Um, Joe,
1: thanks for uh tuning in and writing in that was kind of an unfortunate situation you had to deal with but I'll get the uh next one here by all right this is a long one Mott yeah I know right Hey boys, got something for the mailbag. I'm an assistant coach of my boys' limited travel team. Both my stepkids are on the team. They're u U-12 team in Southeast Pennsylvania. The head coach has his son on the team as well. We had a tough game today, down 5-0 in the first stage of comeback, but came up short, lost by one. The boys and girls fought hard, and we came out flat-footed. This continues at five-game skid. The head coach's son has my has had uh, some angry outbursts on the bench, on the ice, and on the ice. This morning, after two penalties, tripping and checking from behind in a non-checking league, I went to talk to him to see if we can get him refocused and zero back in on the game. We push one play at a time. He told me to shut the (laughs) blank up. The game ends. We lose. The team goes to give our goalie some pats and line up for the handshake. I don't know if there was words exchanged, but this kid... Um, lost it, had two, um, he, he two-hand two hand chopped, hand. yeah, he two-hand chopped another kid in the back, above the numbers, below the neck, then attacked another kid. His dad kicked him off the ice. He went into the locker room and continued the outburst. This kid has some form of autism, and is, uh, it affects his behavior. I was told this pre- uh, previously by the coach. What I'm concerned with now is, A, we have a player hurt now, his parents took him to the hospital to be evaluated. He needed help taking off his gear and be how to approach this with the head coach. I don't know how I would react if this was my son, son's in harm's way. Uh, not like I am a dummy, an 11-year-old and can come out a winner here. There's been practices where I haven't been present and the team splits into groups. And this kid, being the coach's son, often coaches up another group often with my two sons in the group. I'm no longer comfortable letting this happen. Um, I've thought about having my boys come off the ice and practice early. If that's the case, I don't want them being on the receiving end of an outburst. Love the show and want to hear some thoughts. That's
0: pretty good. Yeah. See, That's a lot to that. I know. Um, was he trying to say like that? the, the kid? Well, I, let's break down the beginning part. Uh, obviously if this kid's, dealing with some type of, uh, you know, medical issues, it's very unfortunate and you can't control his outbursts and things like that. But that's, I mean, that's going to be a, a major problem, especially once checking and things like that happens, uh, you know, and hopefully the kid can kind of grow out of it. Right. And, and, and get through those stages, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, when you're fighting your own teammates in in the line and slashing kids and sending kids on your own team to the hospital, like that's a that, that that's a major problem.
1: Yeah. So like as you you know while I was reading it I'm like this doesn't make sense. You know that he's chopping his own own teammates. Um. So there's some real you know chemical imbalances going on here, and you know not to the kid's fault, but it has to be you know controlled, observed. Like if there's any triggers that could happen here, like you don't need an 11-year-old um you know hurting another teammate number 1 you know it's just you want him to be a part of the team and, and and be out there and play the game that is so great but um this this behavior is unacceptable even with his you know you know say atypical development
0: yeah no it's uh it's very challenging and then as, as a coach it's obviously uh, becomes a big issue to 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 you know try and deal with that when he's you know lashing back at you when you're just trying to coach him up and trying to forget about it so you know a, a approach on the conversation and talking to the dad i mean i mean i think his actions are kind of speaking for himself right now right so it's it, it you know you, you just have to you know do it nicely in kind of a one-on-one type of conversation and not single um you know the kid out a uh, that much but it's a the conversations need to happen, right? Like you need to have that conversation and the coach has to recognize those, you know, little signs with his kid and make sure that these, these outbursts and things like that don't, don't take place.
1: Yeah. I'm sure the dad has protected him enough, you know, with certain things, but like, you, you can't protect him from chopping teammates, you know, after, after losing, um, so either way, when you approach them, I think it's going to be a sensitive situation, you know, be, be ready for a number of reactions, but like, I would say, have your thoughts in order and, um, you know, kind of exactly how you explained here, like about the safety of your own kids. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, you know, that you can lean on because that's extremely important. You don't want them to be a victim of an outburst because the outbursts have been kind of, you know, allowed to happen. So, right there isn't you know and who knows if you know what what is the trigger but at times um you know you have to protect your own kids and and for the safety i think that you have that conversation and and i really kind of um kind of put that that whole message on him about the safety of your kids
0: yeah and and you know getting towards the end there when he talks about the 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 kid potentially running some stations and kind of overseeing when they, when they split up into groups, like I know it's not, it's not always easy to, to make every practice, but maybe if you can't be there tag another parent to kind of sub in or something like that, I'm not, sh- not sure if other parents on the team have a lot of hockey experience. Right. But, um, You need adult supervision when you're splitting, you know, 11 year old kids into two groups like you can't just rely on another 11 year old to basically run a station. You need, you know, even if it's, uh, you know, Joe Schmo, the uh, the electrician who's out there in his his cargo pants and his jeans or something like that. Like you, you need somebody out there just to make sure that the safety of the kids aren't potentially put in jeopardy here. Right. Right. No, that's absolutely. I mean. It stinks that you don't have,
1: you know, a full complement of coaches or people that can volunteer. But if that's the case, then you don't split them and, you know, employ a eleven year old to run a station, even though they might know what they're doing to set it up and then you guys do it. But the whole point of, you know, practice is the coaching time and, and being able to get proper reps as well. So I don't know. I, I I disagree with that part of it as well. So,
0: yeah, definitely. But like you said, I think you, uh, you know, you, you explained it for perfectly in terms of, you know, having that conversation, have your thoughts in order, have your, you know, maybe some notes written down and things like that. And at the end of the day, um, you know, your job as a coach, whether you're the head coach or the assistant coach or, or whatever it is, is like to ensure the safety of, of all the kids on the ice. So you can't, leave kids kind of uh unattended and unsupervised and and you know leaving the potential risk of somebody getting seriously hurt out there that's a that that's a major problem then lawsuits waiting to happen right Right. yeah well and i mean i, I think the way he re- reacted to you know
1: <laughs> the the response i think there is a little bit of a um you know defense mechanism going on so you know, just approach it with sensitivity you know, have a bunch of different kind of um, options on reaction and, you know, just we hope the best for you because that's like a, a
0: tough situation to be in, you know, especially yeah. when your kids are involved. Absolutely. Motts um, this mailbag as usual here is uh, brought to you by Frank on Sports, your one-stop hockey shop for the holiday season. Shop our collection of NHL-licensed fan uh, fan gear, street hockey sets, hockey training equipment, And more Uh, to find the perfect gift for the hockey nut in your life. Visit franklinsports.com. I know, uh, you know, it's like you said, it's that time of year where get the planning done, get the get the list knocked off, make sure everybody's happy. So uh, hit up franklinsports.com and uh, they'll they'll take good care of you.
1: That'll be great. You know, you get your street hockey stuff, the hockey training, some driveway drills. You can find it all at franklinsports.com. Uh, I was just out in the driveway the other day. I had the tiles. Were you cleaning. working on your mits? Yeah, I was just cleaning them up. Uh, you know, nice, they, kid. you know, n- not my mitts, but like the, the tiles. <laughs> 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 and uh, you know, it's just so fun to like, you know, just know that you can just snap it down and, and be uh out there stick handling and doing doing your uh off ice stuff, getting getting better on ice.
0: Yeah, I gotta hit these guys up for a big net in my backyard because uh, the last time my brother was home, he decided to fire a puck in my backyard and hit the crossbar, and it went into a neighbor's gutter. So that was a that was a good conversation to have. <laughs> he's supposed to be the adult and the uh, you know, supervising the kids and he's ripping them off the bar. So yeah, he's like, let's gotta, go bar gotta, out. Yeah, I gotta talk to the boys over at Franklin Sports and uh and make sure they can hook me up with some type of netting so I don't uh we're not breaking any more windows in the in the neighborhood here. But uh let me get to the next one here. Hey guys, uh we had a really frustrating game this weekend. I coach a U8 girls team and we played a might mini mite co ed team. We set these matchups as all the players are the same experience level, having completed a house league program last year, all between five and eight years old and first year travel players. We've played them before with no issues and positive experiences. Time they put out a goalie that was new to the position and spent 95% of the game just stretched out in the butterfly position, trying to cover every inch of the ice between the pipes. The keeper didn't move for five minutes at a time, regardless of where the puck was. Head down, didn't use his arm, stick or glove, made no effort in regards to the puck. One of our coaches was refing, as is common at this level, and did his best to stop play when the goalie had the puck covered or stopped under a, a leg pad and encourage him to use his glove and cover the puck. But more times than not, uh, the puck would come to a stop against the leg pad uncovered or slightly uncovered. The kids would play to the whistle, and sometimes after uh, an extra whack, the puck would deflect in. The opposing coach, we found out after the game, was upset that the whistle wasn't blown for the stoppage every time the puck was in contact with a perpetually uh, <laughs> splayed out, uh, sprawled-out goal t- uh, goalkeeper. We caught him on live Liban telling his kids to take out anyone that tried to get an extra shot on the puck in these situations. You can see the kids, again, all five to eight years old, get excited about their coach telling them it was okay to hit the other team. And then, of course, one of his players takes out one of our players on the next shift. The whole thing was maddening, and I wanted to know how you felt about the goalie situation and how the opposing coach handled it. Thanks so much. That's from Dan. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. No, that's interesting stuff. I mean, it's
1: difficult when you don't have a goalie that is trying to, you know, track the puck and and save the puck. But going, you know, the butterfly trying to cover down low—that's that's kind of like a unique situation. The kids probably can't lift it that well. Um, maybe that was just kind of a, a tactic that you know he went with because he's he can't skate very well himself, the goaltender. So. No, but as far as, like, that lack of, like, tracking the puck and trying to cover it and, you know, if the puck is there, you tell your players to play to the whistle. It's not like you want to be jamming at the goalie, but if the puck is loose, yeah, I mean, you, you play to the whistle. That's what we've always been taught. Uh, even these young kids, you know, that maybe should have been a little bit of discretion and, um, you know, saying, like, the, the ref was doing a good job at, you know, trying to help them, you know, use his glove and tie things up and actually pay attention. But, um, you know, as far as the other coach, that's unacceptable Like to instruct these young kids to clean someone out in front of the net. It's like, you know, the puck is there. Yes, that's what you taught later in life or later in your career to protect the net, protect the goalie, but... You can do that by not hitting the player. The puck is there. You got to be a a better adult coach uh in that situation cuz the easy I mean always the knee jerk easy reaction is a bad one, you know, right. whether you're a coach or a player and he made a bad decision to tell his kids that.
0: Yeah, he made a bad decision and I think we were sent a video of some kids a little bit older uh where a coach, you know, had a similar type thing and I know he's in some uh some hot water right now but yeah i mean it, that's unfortunately like you said you played this team before it's been some good games uh you know when you're at that age where it's kind of passing the pads and everybody wants a shot i think we found out that you know little johnny here's probably not going to end up between the pipes yeah. right uh you know he's he's maybe he's uh better off trying to trying to work on his uh forward and backward skating and and be a player cuz i don't think goaltending is uh is in his future. But if he's flexible enough to go post to post or close to it, I well, good. what I'm thinking too, those little the, the little nets little guys use the small on nets yeah. now too. Yeah, yeah. So he's probably you know it, it's not a bad little tactic like you said. I, sure. I, I don't hate that. Um but you know that being said if that is gonna be your your style like if the pucks if you save the puck or it hits you 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 have to cover it before the whistle blows you know what i mean and a good coach is going to instruct his team to play to the whistle so you know there's some give and take there from the from the goalie style right so you you, you got to be aware of uh you know what's what the the, the rules of hockey are if you yeah. don't freeze the puck or it's not under you or under your glove or you know you, you throw a blocker on it or whatever it may be then the whistle's not going to blow so yeah it's an interesting tactic and in, uh I mean, it must have been funny, but hey, they're still five and eight years old. Let them let them have some fun, and sometimes passing the pads is is you know a necessity, and it's good for kids to kind of gain that experience and see if they enjoy the position. But I think we found out um, that this guy probably isn't going to end up between the pipes. Goldberg, Goldberg, just, just tie him to the posts. Yeah, and 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 again, like as a as a coach. Yeah. You know, yeah, you always want to tell your kids protect the goalie and things like that. But at five through eight years old, like, who are you going to tell the guy to deck him because he's, you know, your kid, the other team's playing the whistles? Like, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah.
1: There just had to be a little discretion there. Like, yeah, from the, the ref to the coaches telling the kids, you know, just to, you know, just tough to, like, really comment completely because if, you know, if you yeah. see it, it's one thing. But. Yeah, you know, yeah, just from what he described, he, there should have been some better judgment on on the coach's side to deal with that situation.
0: Yeah, in all accounts. Uh, what do you say, Jersey? You want to read the next one? We're uh, we're they're sick of hearing our voice.
2: This one is about defensive left and right shot combinations and the importance of them. My son's 14U team is blessed to have three left shot defensemen and three right shot defensemen. All of the D-men are of similar capabilities and complement each other very well. Having played defense myself my entire life, 44, so he's 44 years old, I know the importance of having a left shot D-man on the left and right on the right, especially when killing penalties. To me, it's criminal to send two left or two rights out if you have the luxurious option to send a left and a right all game. I have communicated my point of view a couple of times to the coaches and it falls on deaf ears. I know Motz was a D-man. So, guys, can you please tell me, or guys, can you please discuss the importance of this, especially when checking comes into play? Having your strong side to the boards is very important for clearing purposes. Thanks, Matt in Detroit.
1: Um, I think this is, you know, interesting because there are some, you know, valid points to having left and right. There's some real um, advantages and disadvantages of playing the offside. A lot of righties growing up, they never had to play the offside because there weren't as many righties. But then you see more righties now, and they have to play the offside, which is going to happen in certain situations. But um, I still feel that you should be able to play both sides. Like You know, even on this team, you you know, and you say blast, which is very uncommon to have that many, you know, um, know, three and three, which is great. So, yes, ideally – to make it easier, make them feel more comfortable. But if the matchups or the 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 pairings aren't correct as far as you know the strengths and weaknesses or whatever, if they're not like just yelling just because they're ready le- lefty, doesn't matter. I think you you yeah. should switch it, switch it up according to personnel and challenge the kids to be able to catch a pass on their backhand, catch the pass on their forehand, and make it play quicker because there's stickers on the inside. So I talk about this all the time. Um in the, especially, say, in the neutral zone, actually anywhere on the ice, if you're on the offside, so if I was a lefty playing the right side, I'm getting the puck. If I'm going strong side, I have to be quicker because my stick's on the interior of the ice, and that four checker can put his stick in that passing lane quicker. So I have to be more efficient and snap, snap. And I played the right side quite a bit, and it made me a better player at processing before I got the puck because I, I had to, so right. I think that that's a positive um the negative is that you're on the inside and you, you sometimes can't uh, always make that play when you could still make it if you're on your strong side right. uh, offensively it's it's better
0: um I mean I think I think offensively it's it obviously it helps when you have a righty lefty combination, especially for keeping bucks in and rim bucks along the wall and things like that. but in terms of like killing a penalty, like I wouldn't hesitate to throw out two righties or two lefties or whatever the – like, if those are your two best penalty killers, like, you know, a lot of times you line up for face-offs and, and, and things like that where the D flip sides anyway. So, you know, I, in terms of a of a penalty kill, I don't think it's a, a necessarily like a must that you have to have a righty-lefty combination out there. And like you said, I think it's good experience for all kids to get comfortable playing the offside. I know that, you know, my father, especially – uh, in our younger ages and and even, you know, in college and things like that, we always, um, you know, we always played in the summer leagues and different things like flip flop and pairs playing the offside, you know, you, you've got to kind of get comfortable and learn those little nuances, like you said, of, of, of the trait and of the game and underhandling pucks. Or, you know, I know that if we're in a neutral zone, uh, you know, kind of regroup situation and I'm playing the offside, similar to what you talked about, like, you know, if normally we're, you know, lined up kind of evenly, if I was playing the, um, you know, if we were playing righty lefty, but if I was on my offside, I'd I, you know, I teach the kids like, you know, you've got to be kind of a step up lower than your partner or underneath your partner. So it gives you an extra half a second to make that play and, and things like that. So I think it's, you know, it, it's never going to, you know, it's not always going to work out perfectly that there's, you know, three righties three lefties you look at college teams i mean god i was at the game um at ryan's game the other night i mean how many ready defense defensemen do they have
1: uh
0: pretty much all of them uh, i was gonna I said, say i think i think everybody there's two, you know
1: what uh, I mean? so, no
0: there's one there's one one left uh, one lefty right? yeah which is not yeah so it's like uh, it's good experience to learn and play your offside and we know you know the different stories and and I remember my father telling stories and we can ask him about uh, when he was younger, um, you know, playing the offside, learning how to, like he learned how to play lefty uh, just to, to, you know, and there's different stories about Chris Chelios and and guys like that, that played the offside and could flip their hands over and make plays. But we, um, you know, it's, it's good experience. You know, I I was talking to, um, you know, a guy I coached with and I think I think it was like the 72 summit series or something like that like between the canada and the russians or, or whoever it was like i think the russians had everybody on their roster was a lefty you know what right. i mean yeah so it's it, you've, you've got to kind of get um you know I, I i obviously yeah there's some perks to it there's some benefits to it and and i think you know, in terms of offensive zone, kind of batting pucks, keeping pucks in, rims, things like that. Obviously, it helps. But if you're a good enough player in Mots, I know you talk about playing, you know, playing D with Colin White. You guys were both lefties playing in the NHL and you played your offside a lot. And you know, that that guy that can do it just brings that much more value. And I know, you know, personally myself, I played defense and in college there were certain uh, situations where you know I was playing the offside quite a bit and same thing in 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 at the pro level cuz it's just hey oh we got you know we got five I'm sorry we got six defensemen and you know we got four righties or we got four you know four lefties whatever it may be
1: yeah it makes you more versatile and if you can play out, you know either side uh just as effectively you're going to get more ice down. so just don't get pigeonholed just as you know, it's kind of cool to have the ready lefties right now, but I just don't I just don't get pigeonholed into just being a right shot, right defenseman. You know, mm-hmm. just be open to playing both sides and actually getting into those positions at times. You know, you want to switch on, you know, offensive zone, blue line, you know, uh, one timers face offs and whatnot. So then you have to stay there. It's there's so many different things that, you know, you can still get some exposure if he's still gonna go with that lefty ready uh, lineup. But um, I would say, you know, be exposed to the offside.
0: And and being a guy from Detroit, I mean, the Red Wings, there were certain years with Datsuk and those guys where I think you could count on, you know, one hand, the amount of right-handed shots that they had. They had so many Europeans, and I felt like they were all lefties. You know, I can't remember. And obviously they had a handful, but even even after those guys kind of left, like the Chelioses and Rafalskis and, you know, Larry Murphy, guys like that, there were was, was certain years when, I can remember uh you know Detroit where they they might have had one or two right-hand shots on their roster the 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 Red Wings. Yeah. Probably when you were playing Mott's in the league. Yeah, Lidstrom was was the guy, you know, and then Yeah, he
1: just played everything. Yeah, then Cronwall came along, the lefty. But um uh, yeah, no, I think it's a great question. It, it's it's pretty cool that you can have the both right now or like the the setup how you have it, but I would encourage Taking reps at least, even in
0: practice on the offside. Definitely. Definitely. All right, Mots. Now it's time for the My Hockey Rankings question of the week MyHockeyRankings.com. Make sure you go on the site and see where your team stacks up versus the rest. Um, hey, guys, longtime listener up in Ontario. Here's the situation U11 AAA team I coach was playing in a tournament early in the season, Tune up tournament. Uh, we are in the semis, and the game is tied with eight minutes left in the third period. I noticed the other coach had has shortened his bench from nine forwards to five forwards. We now enter into OT, and before we start, I asked the players what's more important: winning this game as a team or as individuals. Without hesitations, the player uh, the players yelled, "As a team!" I told them everyone was going to get an opportunity to play in OT. <laughs> as our team's goal is making the finals at the end of the season, and it will take everyone going in the same direction to achieve that. The other team played three forwards and three defensemen during the three-on-three overtime. With four minutes left, one of our players caught an edge and blew a tire just um, on the defensive side of the red line. One forward raced back to angle the player to the outside but over the puck carrier, and the player made a good shot and scored the players obviously were upset over the loss, but in the dressing room, I explained to them, win or lose, we did it as a team, and that, um, and that I was proud of, of them. My question is, what's better, winning a tournament early in the season with, with less than half of your bench or providing experience to all players so that they can learn and develop moving forward? Keep up the great work and in providing insight to minor hockey, and that's from Coach T. Oh, good I, I question th- for the uh, My Hockey Rankings question of the week, especially it kind of ties right in with the, the rankings and all that good stuff. Right. The rankings, if and if they were in the, the correct
1: tournament, um, you know, they go on myhockeyrankings.com uh, and check out uh, where they, uh, you know, as far as like the, those and tournaments their
0: ranking are, won't be influenced because overtime losses and, and, and those don't count anyway. So it's fine.
1: Right. So to answer the question, I think. The approach is correct. Um, you know, an early season tournament, you know, a tune up tournament, you want to get everyone touching the puck, want everyone involved, everyone getting going. And then, you know, if, you know, down the, the stretch in, you know, crunch time, you can always shoot it in the bench, but you don't do it with, with like a tune up tournament. And if, you know, you take that approach and you, you know, are very confident in that and you show that to the players, then they're going to respect you more. So, when you do shoot in the bench, this is what we're going with. And you're just very honest with what's going on. And, you know, at U11, you get into that spot where you start having, you know, some separation in kids. But if you have like, you know, a lot of the same players or like same talent level, then, you know, it's much better to be deeper and and roll with high energy, in my opinion. So, um, I I like the approach. And I would just say uh, players that can learn and develop and keep moving forward throughout the season, you're going to be better off for it.
0: No, absolutely. I think that approach is great. I think the other guy shooting on the bench with the eight minutes left and, and, you know, all that stuff is, uh, in the third period is, is a little bit ridiculous and only playing five forwards is, uh, is crazy, especially in a tune-up tournament and things. I get, I get it shortening the bench, the last couple minutes of a, of a game, uh, tournament game, whatever it is. So I think that's, um, a little ridiculous on the coach's end. I was in a similar situation this year, uh, and honestly, it's difficult. Um, it's difficult as a, from a tournament perspective because it's like they just want the game over with, right? So they go to that three on three, but it actually puts the coaches in such a predicament. Um, you know, I coached a 2011 team, and it was tough because you you know we went into overtime. It was a, it was you know a, a game that would have got us to the semifinals or whatever it was. And, you know, it was a really tight game. And you're just, like, no matter what, you know, unless you, you almost just wish as a, as a coach you went and, like, all right, you threw out three guys, whether it's two forwards and a defenseman or, or you know, one forward and two defense. And then, like, the game just ended. Because after that, it's, like, it just becomes such a disaster. You know what I mean? It's just, like, there's three guys on the ice. So not everybody's, you know, going to get out there. It's just it, – it it's very uh, – it's it's – very difficult to coach and, and to deal with, um, you know, from behind the bench and, you know, no matter what, the parents might be mad or upset. You, you know, the kids might be upset. So I think your approach is, is spot on, Um, you know, trying to get everybody out there and things like that. And I just, you know, I've felt that pain of, of, you know, getting the benches cut down. Now we're into overtime. Everybody's played the entire game and now it's like, you know, you got to pick. All right, these three guys are starting. You literally just, as a coach, you're literally saying, "All right, either we score or they score." And I don't want to have to like, you know, continue to 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 go down the road of like, "All right, is my top guy that I throw out there first? Is he going back out?" Like, it just becomes, it's 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 challenging as a coach. It really is. Yeah, I mean, just the balance of
1: ice time and kind of knowing your personnel, and but that's part of it, right? So. I, I like I do like it, the approach, and uh, I'd say you know keep keep that message going. You know, win and lose as a team, and uh, continue to try to help them get better. Um, you know, in each practice and then in each game. So that's yeah, exactly. It's really good.
0: No, it was a good one. Good one for the my hockey rankings question of the week. Make sure you hit up MyHockeyRankings.com. dot com. Mots, hold on. Did you just hear that?
1: No. What did he
0: say? Oh, Colin just walked downstairs and he's like, Can I shop my skates? So I'm in my basement, we're recording. And, you know, like I said to you earlier, we're going to a tournament. And he wants to start buzzing his skates now. I think it might be a little loud there, Colin. So why don't you hold off? And I know it is getting late. So maybe I'll do the skates when we're done recording this kid. <laughs> Unbelievable unbelievable
1: love it though he wants to get hop on the Spox machine
0: yeah at least he's taking the initiative but i mean i think that would be a little distracting if we just heard the the, the (laughs) i mean it could be good for the read but uh no colin i'll i'll handle the skates uh tonight when we're done recording why don't you hit the showers and head to bed because you got a lot of hockey coming up this weekend. Uh, speaking of which uh, let's, let's get into the read head over to Spoxhockey.com. use the B Y Mots for $50 off your Sparks sharpener. We're heading into the holiday season. There's nothing better than the, the keeps on giving a Sparks skate sharpener um, for your at home shopping experience. It's convenient. You'll save money in the long run. Uh, 25 teams are using the same technology that you can use in your very own home. We've all had a bad sharpening. We've discussed it many times. Um, you know, so take care of the skates at the house, and uh, so you don't deal with any of those issues as some guy that uh, you know doesn't uh, doesn't know what he's doing, giving you skates a shop. And you you know you think you're gonna shop in your skates at the rink, and and the pro shops closed. It's just can you know take take everything out of the equation and take care of it at, at at the house by yourself right yeah no it's a convenient accurate sh-
1: shopping too it's so i love it that colin's coming down while we're recording he wants to get his his wheels done it's great but make sure I you know. uh um, that's
0: not a sign that saw the sign upstairs like recording in progress you, know yeah, I mean? you, like, you have a light i got the, li- the light on yeah <laughs> i got the light on
1: but uh yeah check out Sparkshockey.com. you use by moths for 50 dollars off great christmas gift that's all i can say really good it's gonna be the gift that keeps on giving for sure
0: moths i forgot to tell you actually so i uh i'm kind of like a high school student so I, i i hadn't played in you know the men's league that i'm supposed to play on and uh I hadn't played a game yet this year, but I figured now that we're into December, I'd uh, I'd dust the skates off. So I buzzed them up with the Sparks machine and uh, played a couple games the other day. I actually, you know, I played for my team and then obviously the the team afterwards, I was starting to, I was starting to get the legs back, the hands. I was kind of feeling a little bit. I'm like, you guys need an extra body. And I, uh, I jumped out there. I did two hours for it. So the groins and the hips and knees, they're, they're paying for it a little bit, but it was, uh, it was fun to get out there. And I, the edges were on point because I used my Spock shop before I uh, hit the ice.
1: That's great. Yeah, I mean, just getting out there. It must have been nice to start feeling uh, kind of like smoothing it out, snapping a few pucks around. I haven't been on the ice very much, so I, I was thinking of doing the same thing. So um, I'm going to buzz my skates up as well. So yeah, no, let you know
0: down some balls. Yeah, it, <laughs> call me in out of the bullpen. Absolutely. Uh, All right. I got the next one here. Topic. Older gentleman coach who won't take much direction from me as the hockey director. He's not the worst, but he'll spend 45 minutes of the hour and 25 uh, minute practice on skating with the score at a team. I've pushed him. That skill work is great, but don't forget uh, about having hockey IQ through small games He's stuck on the idea that they can't move on to other things until they are better skaters. Uh, I think that's a fallacy. You can do both. His heart's in the right place, but his practices leave me wanting more. He listens to a lot of podcasts. I could gently send (laughs) him this one uh, with the the laughing emoji uh, underneath, and that's from the anonymous hockey director. So pretty funny, Mots. What do you think? Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, a good hockey guy with a good heart, you know, he's probably stuck in his ways about skating, skating, skating. Skating for 45 minutes, hour hour and 25 practice is, I would say, um, a little overkill. (laughs) I think
0: I'd be gassed.
1: Yeah, but like, and again, it like the skating has to be, you know, instructed though too. You have to have good instruction with technique if you're skating for 45 minutes, there's not a chance you're getting good instruction consistently on every rep or most reps. It's just to skate. Um, And at squirts, it's like, you know, you do have to build a foundation, but you can get, you can accomplish that in 15 minutes uh, at most, you know? Um, But, you know, if he's stuck in his, you know, his ways, there's obviously, you know, different, you know, approaches that you can have to him. Just, you know, send them the, the ranked and, strengths and tell them to cut it down to 15 minutes and have some up-tempo, you know, skilled practice, you know, skilled skating along with the drill. And then you're going to be, you know, accomplishing the same things, like construct some some very simple drills that, you know, allow you to really cross over or like cut hard back. And that's, that's skating that you could do, you know, involved in the drill. So you could just, you could kind of build on what you want to try to do for just the skating and and customize some of those drills to have some some really basic simple cuts and turns, crossovers to um to allow your players to continue to skate, you know, um, you know, and, and try to, you know, teach them along the way within the drill.
0: Right. I mean, I think it's important, like you said, um, you know, they get an hour and 25 minute practices. So that's a, a good amount of ice, but skating for 45 minutes of it is a is a ton. Like you said, uh, you can cut that down to 15, 20 minutes. Mix in some small area games. Obviously, like you like you said, you got to be, you know, you got to be moving pox. You got to be shooting pox. You got to be making plays. Teaching, you know, the the nuances of the game, the hockey sense, IQ, um, you know, different things like that. And you're gonna lose kids. You don't know I even mean? like mm. you just said, like forty five minutes of skating. They're like. Dude, they're checked out. You know what I mean? They're all set. They're like... That's punishment more than anything. Yeah, it's punishment more than anything. Like, you can accomplish... um, You know, you can have a really, really good high-tempo practice at at the square day level by, you know, incorporating pucks and shooting and passing and small area games and... get so much out of it versus just like, you know, up and down and stopping at the blue line and tight turns and all that type of stuff, like incorporate all those little things into the game of the hockey, and uh hopefully he's listening. Yeah. no, nah, I mean, that's one of the things that
1: I even talked to my uh high school coach about, we would have this simple warm-up drill shooting, you know, it was just two nets lying at the dot in the center, I mean in the neutral zone. And you just go down, and you're taking a shot, but there's pucks in the corner, and you got to cut hard on, you know, your outside edge. I mean, your, your outside edge, and then your inside edge. You have to do it like a power turn, collect the puck, take two hard strides, and snap to the next guy in line. But he mm-hmm. really focused on that, that cut back, and you know, taking two hard strides, and then making a good hard flat pass. It's a very simple drill, but that's something that incorporates a little bit of. You know so if you do have full ice and you have four goalies, who cares if there's goalies in that or not? You just do the four dots and the neutral zone, go right. in and really work on that, and then you switch lines, go the other way. So it's um just like simple little things, but so customizing drills, you can still get plenty of skating in, and you can have them, you know, get a good, you know, good up tempo, you know, um, uh, practice, you know, instead of just skating.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, th- you look at those high end practices and things like that. And I think back to, you know, college days and, you know, even younger, like it was, you know, minimal skating, like, yeah, work on your skating, work on all that stuff, but incorporate it with, you know, handling pucks and, and making plays. And we talked to, you know, Adam Oates and those guys a few, you know, about a month ago. Right. And it's like, you know, you got to be able to handle a puck and make plays with a with the, with a puck on your stick. Um in the game of hockey so like just you know bag skating up and down the ice is is not gonna accomplish a ton yeah it's important to work on your edges and things like that but i wouldn't spend 45 minutes a day on it that's for damn sure no maybe i'd be a better skater though if i (laughs) (laughs) but i probably hate the game so it's kind of like that give and take you know yeah exactly oh man um all right, there's uh Monte, I think we got one more here, but let's talk about uh, TSR hockey before we get to that last one. Head up to see our guys at TSR hockey in Salem, New Hampshire, where you can get outfitted in team gear and stock up on all your equipment needs for the remainder of the season and obviously the holidays. Now's the time of year to get those backyard rinks all set up before the ground re- uh, freezes. Our bo- boys up at TSR have three different rink size kits to choose from. Uh, They also have liners and brackets and all that good stuff. Uh, A lot of good stuff going on their social media um, accounts as well with the holiday season and things like that. So make sure you're you're checking up on those guys. Obviously, TSR, they have all the top names, the CCMs, the Bowers, the Warriors. Whatever it is uh, they have, your needs, visit TSRHockey.com. Obviously, you can hit them up at their team store as well, uh, 603-912-5970 talk to mike or dave over there and they'll uh they'll take good carrier up at tsr hockey
1: yeah great service at tsr with the boys up there and get um get whatever you want They're friendly service and great selection you get in there and i love some of the uh the the social stuff they're doing and, and some of the, the uh, uh commercials you see on tv it's so good you know yeah, you, you know the guys personally and you know they're doing a great job and whenever you go in the store they they knock it out of the park with the service and the selection. So make sure you check them out at tsrhockey.com or if you're in the area, head them up in Salem.
0: All right, Mots. Uh, last one here. Hey, fellas, just wanted to ask what your take is on high schools combining to make basically a select team. This is happening in the suburban districts of Rochester, New York. I'm fine with a couple small districts that can't um, ice their own separate teams combining. Uh, that's a win for all the kids involved in those districts. I'm referring to, to, uh, to two large districts, which could ice their own team. Uh, Why is he saying ice? (laughs) I guess he's saying ice instead of field. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I like it though. I I get you. The first one kind of threw me off. Uh, I'm referring to two large districts, which could ice their own team separately, um, but would not be competitive in the higher class division because of the school size. Call me old school, but they should take their licks and develop their uh, develop like every other team has had has had to. Right? Uh, I'll be listening Friday and hope to hear a response. P.S. It's not um, it's not any area that Merles used to work. That side of town has their, <laughs> you, know to <laughs> what, their you know what together, uh, <laughs> and that's from Marty.
1: Well, I think it's interesting because there is some situations here in the Boston area that you know some some schools can't ice their, you know, a, a team <laughs> and they can't it, ice their teams. But but they would merge and one was um Hull and Middleborough. So anyone from the area is like they're nowhere close to one another. So they the kids would really have to sacrifice to to drive and you know try to you know, compete with kids that they so don't. What do even they call run. them? Hallboro. Hull, <laughs> I don't know what they would call them, but it was, uh, it, it, that was interesting, but those need, those two towns needed it. Um, right. but Middleboro is a big, say land area and population for school. So if these large districts are just doing it for a competitive edge, it's kind of brutal. Something should be done. Um, but if they can field a team or ice a team, and be able to compete at that, you know, uh, that large district, you know, uh, division. Then there should be no, there should be no wiggle room there, where they they're just kind of partnering up to have somewhat of a select high school team, which is kind of ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I think that is ridiculous. I mean, obviously, like you said, if it, you know, if you have two town towns and that that don't have enough bodies to actually put together a, 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 true, you know, varsity team, then I get it. Like, like you just said about Hullboro, or uh, uh, you know, middle hall, whatever you want to call them. But, um, if it's, you know, two towns or districts, school districts that actually have enough kids, but just aren't going to be, you know, a real high, high end team, then like you said, you develop the kids and get them, you know, coach them up, get them better. And, and, you know, hopefully, um, you know, create a a good culture and good environment where people want to stay in the town and don't go over to Merrill's neck over the woods and, and play for those select type teams. But yeah, I don't think that's, that's very, uh, very fair.
1: Yeah. I think that you should, you know, I would raise a little bit of a stink if there is enough, you know, participation in one or two or both of the schools to, You know, field a team if you know, ice a team that has enough bodies, number one. So, like, I look at it as that just that competitive edge. So, they I'm guessing they have enough participants, but they don't have the right combination of say higher end talent. And if that's the case, something should be done.
0: Definitely, definitely. Do we want to tease the, the 100th episode? Yeah,
1: we should, we should give it a little tease.
0: Yeah, so we have uh, we, you know, and and actually this makes sense too. So we got a couple high end hockey dads, um, I'll say, that are going to be joining us uh, for an interview. So if you have any questions after listening to this, and and you know, want the answers from a couple guys that that have kind of seen it all in their day, decades of like,
1: experience,
0: decades of experience. So if you have any questions on that end, don't be afraid to to send us a message. Uh, we don't want to say who it is just yet, do we? I mean, people probably have an idea.
1: Yeah, but I think, but you know, this coming out Friday. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think we, I think we can let the
0: cat out of the bag. Let it out of the bag. Yeah.
1: All right. So no, it, like that was the tease, and then it's just been like the reveal.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a
1: short tease.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um No, so if you want to send in some questions uh you got to send them in by saturday night cuz we're going to be banking the interview with those guys over the uh on on sunday morning so right. do you, do we want to say who it is or no <laughs> I mean
1: so the, the they're just going kind to of write in blind you know to to
0: Yeah, but if we told them who it could potentially Yeah, yeah, be, you know, maybe... it's
1: fine. It doesn't matter. So, I was just thinking like by the time this airs and then, you know, the quick turnaround We'll have some some uh, questions, but send them in to uh, to a couple veteran, older
0: gentlemen dads who have been around the game, been around the game for a long time. We'll will we'll tease it even more. There's uh there's some great bloodlines in the you know that came from these these hockey dads. So some good questions uh, if you if you have them, if you want to talk to a couple legends, couple guys that have been through it kids have played in the nhl at high level colleges and things like that so it'll uh it'll be a fun interview and looking forward to having those guys on for episode 100 of the rink shrinks which will be uh coming to you guys next friday so once again um thanks for listening uh thanks to everybody 99 uh over and done with mots good work yeah in the books in the Love books it. let's uh, make sure uh, yeah i mean i mean we get we got the
1: 100 century mark i'm like pumped you know like it, it just seems like yesterday we just started getting going
0: so triple been, digits yeah it's been been great good good ride so far let's keep it rolling keep it rolling uh once again hit us up on instagram twitter all that stuff you know where to find us make sure you're subscribing and liking and um you know wherever you find your podcasts on apple or spotify or wherever it may be so uh thanks again to all the listeners and the sponsors uh we really appreciate it good luck to uh to all the kids out there that are playing hockey this weekend and uh time to cue the ring shrink shuffle jersey